Octopus is a podcast created by three mates, Mitch, Kippy and Dillo. This eclectic trio will discuss all their favourite topics, beers, ball sports, beers, banter and so much more. They'd like to thank and give a huge shout out to podcast partners, Noodles, for exceptional graphic design and Visus, for streetwear from the Murray lands. So make sure you hit up both Noodles and Visus. Now it's time to sit back and prepare yourself for all the banter that is the Bearded Triplets. This is your game now, gentlemen. Episode 2, Season 1 of the Bearded Triplets Podcast. My name is Mitch and I'm extremely excited to be here. As always, I'm joined by two of my good mates. But to be honest, after some of the heat I've caught about the Crows for the last two weeks, um, more appropriate to call them the two biggest flogs in South Australia. <laughs> um, and the first one is Kempi. Welcome, mate. G'day, mate. Cue Carlton theme song now. Da, 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 da. That's it. The boys are back. Eddie Betts is back. Football is now in its rightful place with Carlton knocking off one of the top teams. I'm super excited about this episode and I was super pumped last night. Righto, righto. That's enough of that crap. And the second flog, that would be Dillo. Welcome to you also. G'day, boys. Great to be here. Really excited about last night. Not only Carlton winning, but also my beloved Lions getting over the line against West Coast Eagles. Touted as a premiership favourite, so they've had a pretty bad fortnight uh, and probably a Big afternoon for you, Mitchie, with your Crows playing against the Suns and it's not looking good for them. Yeah, well, to be honest, I'm a little on edge after the majority of the footy media whacking the Crows constantly for two weeks straight. Albeit some of it's probably deserved, well, most of it's probably deserved, but um, life does go on. And to kick off today's show, I just want to give a huge shout out to all of our listeners for getting around our first show. Well done. Thank you very much. Much appreciated by the guys. Let's continue that momentum into episode two. Remember to like us on Facebook, rate and subscribe to our show on your preferred podcast app. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Now, Kempi, as I always say, my friend, with a great beard comes great responsibility. So let's talk beards. Because if your dad doesn't have a beard, you've got two mums, two beardless mums. Okay, this week I'm going to take you way back to 2002 and this is the origin story of Craig Kemp's beard. Like so Iron Man. I, that's it. Like Iron Man, like all the great Marvel uh, movies, there's always an origin story. This one dates back, like I said, to 2002. I was a simple car washer being promoted into the service department and I had this running battle with uh, my boss at the time, the service manager, and uh, I always liked to have a little bit of stubble, Didn't wasn't a fan of shaving and he was always on my back about it and there's this one day where I've come in, it's probably a little bit longer than normal and he has flat out said to me, you Craig Kemp are going home now and shaving, without a lie, he what, sent so me he home, sent you from work. <laughs> Yeah, he sent me home from work, now I only lived probably oh, just around the corner so I used to walk from work so I said, fuck you mate. <laughs> I'm going to take this for whatever I'm, whatever I'm, whatever you want. So I've walked as slow as possible. I think I was walking that slow. I was almost going backwards. <laughs> Got home. I think the cricket was on. So I stayed at home for about an hour or so and watched the cricket. It was like an early morning test or something like that. And then I got back to work about smoke time. So I dragged it out like two and a half hours. And then, yeah, come back, yeah come back to work fully shaved but from that point on I said to myself whatever job I get from here I am in I'm not going to get a job where I've got to shave and I've never shaved since I may have clipped I may have tidied a little little but I've never put a razor to this face since 2002 well we're gonna have to put the explicit language warning on this one now Kempi thank you that's, <laughs> that's a good origin story that that is up there with Iron Man and Thor and the like that's it yeah no no it's uh it's I never really let it get to a certain point um, past where it's super itchy, but itchy. But in um, ISO, of uh, I have been letting it grow out a fair bit, and I'm past that point, and I'm past the point of no return. So yeah, do you guys? What about you guys? Where did your beards originate from? Um, well, I, I grew mine initially to hide my chin, 
I have a very weak chin. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I grew mine to hide that and it's sort of just evolved from there. It's quite a bit similar to yours, Kempi. It's quite long at the moment. Nice though. But uh, I'm actually afraid to shave it now because I, I think I might have grown a few more chins since. <laughs> I don't want to see what's underneath there. But it's been a long time since I've seen mine. It's funny, funny you say that because um, we all know from the profiles that you've got a young son. He might not recognise you if you could, if you got rid of your beard. He probably wouldn't. He probably wouldn't like. I know the wife doesn't like it when I don't have a beard. So um, she's seen me without it, and uh, yeah, it's, it's not great. She almost, she almost <laughs> ran away, did she? Pretty well, pretty well. She's actually, um, she actually needs, wears glasses, and she's talking about getting booked in for laser eye surgery. And I said, geez, if you get that, then uh, you, you probably will run away because you actually see me for what I really am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well, I started I started growing my beard um, just at the start of this year, really. Like, I've always had, well, since I've been able to grow a beard, um, a bit of stubble and that sort of thing. But So it's almost been seven months since I've sort of started growing it. But basically, for me, because I'm reasonably young, I just wanted to have a beer with lunch uh, at the Christmas show last year. And I got asked for ID at our work Christmas show, <laughs> um, 12.30 in the afternoon. So I wasn't having that. And then not long after that, just around Christmas, I actually purchased my mum a bottle of wine um, and the same thing happened again. It's like on a Sunday, two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm getting asked for ID. It's like I'm 24, I'm not six. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was that was mine. So it's going well so far. But, yeah, I'm looking to keep it for the rest of the year at least. Um, yeah, so I can look back and say, hey, 2020, what a shit year that was every time I look at a photo with me and the beard. So It's trademark, <laughs> brother. You've got to keep it forever now. That's yeah, it. That's, you that's won't get rid of it now. True. Now, obviously, we're all excited that the footy's well and truly back and some other sports are on their way. So let's talk ball sports. All right, gents. Now, what caught your eyes in round two and three of the AFL footy season, obviously, besides the positive COVID-19 test result of Connor McKenna? Well, I'll tell you what's catching my eye at the minute. Suns one goal, seven to the Crows, nothing. In the first couple of minutes of the game, it's going to get interesting here. Gold One Coast seven. lead clearances nine zero, and they Gold Coast has recorded thirty six disposals to Adelaide's one in each of their forward halves, respectively. Yikes. That's all right. That's all right. Lockie Well has got uh, nineteen dream team points, so that's okay. Um, <laughs> Silver linings, uh, no mate. What's caught my eye over the first couple of rounds? Um, I'm going to talk win loss results. It's been really interesting. I've found. Um, a lot of losers from round two have turned into winners um, in round three thus far, like Carlton. So, so you're saying we've got a chance? No. Uh, yeah, well, you do. <laughs> the way things are going, it's just so up and down. Like um, It's only Collingwood and the Lions so far that have won the two games post-COVID. Is that right? Uh, yes, yes. Sorry, you're right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it, it's basically put things wide open really so i think there's only one port's team. playing port's playing tonight obviously yeah but we're port playing tonight so there's only two teams currently that are playing so, like um today the the crows and Frio that haven't sort of won a game so it doesn't happen very often um generally yeah it's um, been a bit of a topsy-turvy start so far so what do you think that is do you think that's just you have the they're off the ball they haven't played so they're not mentally switched on or is it just a matter of Shorter quarters, stay in it for longer sort of thing? Or what do you think? Uh, not too sure. They did come up with a stat last night uh, when I was watching the footy that uh, it there's only two games and it was like they're only led by about under a goal where if you're not leading at quarter time, um, you lose the game. So um, obviously start's pretty important. It's just a mental thing. I think it's like everything's going um, nuts at the minute. So... I think it's really, really hard to, to know when uh, when you're playing, you know, how to sort of prep for it. And then, I don't know, I thought it might have been an age thing, which would have suited, like, you know, a Geelong. And then last night, they were terrible for three quarters. Yeah, and, yeah I'm not so sure. Yeah, well, for me, it's, I didn't talk much about the Lions last week, but we've won two in a row now, so I'm going to talk a little bit about them. But Lockie Neal, he's got to be close to the best player in the competition. I, I challenge you guys to name someone that's, as clean with, with ground balls as he is, and he's such a damaging player as well. And what he did to West Coast last night, you've got Nick Nat and the Ruck, who you know, normally puts it on a platter for, for the West Coast mids, and they've got a pretty good midfield, but Lockie Neal absolutely destroyed them last night. 32 disposals, I think 15 contested, a couple of goals as well, uh, five tackles. 
It was a very complete game. And there's not many midfielders getting around uh, in the same vein. For, I, I, I don't think... I think if he was in the Victorian team, I think he'd be getting a lot more kudos and um, a oh, lot more sure. accolades. But um, yeah. up there, hidden away up north, he's, he's just brilliant. And I'm obviously biased. I'm a, I'm a big Lions man, but um, gee, he was good to watch last night. Yeah, no, I, I really, didn't watch the game. I really rate Lockie Neal as a player. It's just... I know in the semi last year, he got tagged out of it a bit. Do you think that's an issue... In big games, or is he? You watch the Lions more than we do, so he still he still gets his twenty odd touches when he tags. When he doesn't, he's up around the thirty to forty mark. Yeah. Um. Honestly, it probably suits us a little bit when he gets tagged because of someone like a McCluggage or a Lions, or there's always somebody else that steps up. Um, oh, the big names of the AFL: McCluggage and Lions. Hey, mate. <laughs> <laughs> You're a look out for those two. You're not one to Nothing coming back. Here we go. Carlton Nuffy. You don't want to talk, mate. You've got who you've got up there, Crips and that's it. Yeah, well, I haven't I haven't mentioned any of the other ones being big names of the RFL. Well, uh, oh, here's a here's a big call for you. McCluggage, you win a brown low one day. There you go. Well, save it for lock it in, Mitch. I do I do think Neil they actually said that he's trying to kick the ball this yeah, year. So I think on. last year he might have got a lot of it, but he's not dam- damaging as such. Sort of like Dangerfield. He gets plenty of it, but he kicks it straight back to the opposition. Um, so I think Neil, if he's able to kick the ball a little bit more, it could be a little bit more damaging with it. But, yeah, I didn't see any of the game last night because of watch- watching the better game on TV, um, <laughs> Carlton and Geelong. But that, that was the first time I can remember in a long time that we've been on, on free-to-air. It was bloody good, aside from the final. So it was nice that we are actually on FTA last night. Yeah. Yes, a few few things that have caught my eyes. Um, obviously, the peroxide blonde. But don't know don't know about it to be honest. But it's probably it's probably because I fan. couldn't I couldn't pull it off myself. But I actually don't I don't mind it. Um, adds a bit of personality as long as it's just a phase and we don't see the resurgence of the sort of early two thousands trend with the spiky hair and the blonde tips and your your oh, surf no. or, or your shark tooth necklace that can stay in the past, please. <laughs> um, and also just some keyboard warriors. So. I get sick and bloody tired for the whole coronavirus shutdown period. Everyone's saying, oh, we want footy back, we want footy back. We're massive footy fans, lovers of football. And then as soon as it comes back, people just continuously complain about the game. Just appreciate it for what it is. It's entertainment. It's not the same because there's no crowd there, but it's footy. So there's too much negativity for my liking. I'm with you, Mitchie. And it's not just the keyboard worries as well as it's the media as well. After that Collingwood-Richmond game last week on, on Thursday night, they were the first to, to get stuck into them. You know, it's, they haven't trained together. They haven't played together for a long time. And the, the pressure in that game was immense. It's just, just the way it is. And obviously the next night there was a much better game. And as the weekend wore on, I feel like the media are very quick to jump on, um, on what they call trends when it's only happened once. And yeah, they do it all the time. That's the same with Hawthorne. Round, round two, they got done by Geelong. And, oh, they're too mm-hmm. old. They're too this. And then they come out and they smack Richmond. That's the other thing. And then I thought the Western Bulldogs um, GWS game, I thought the Bulldogs were on top for most of the game and they were generally or probably always going to win. But it was good. There's a bit of spice in there. And then mm. the next thing that I see straight away on social media is um, lowest ever score at Marvel. No bloody shit. It's short and quarters. Short quarters. <laughs> like... Just appreciate the game for what it is instead of just going on about stuff that's pointless, in my opinion. Now, moving on. Um, oh, hang on. I, I wanna, I've got one more thing that caught my eye, um, and that's Cam Zerha. I love the boy. Zerha. Yeah, like it's – I love his haircut. I love the bleached hair, to be honest. Like I didn't, get a, I, didn't get a say, I didn't get a say in that. Um, but – I'm a fan of the bleached hair. Let them do what they want. You're talking about people being negative. We'll be positive around the bleached hair. But Zerhar, he's got the mullet. He just, I don't know if you saw the, the first game back. He absolutely barreled someone. Just throws his weight around and, you know, he just looks angry. And I don't know. I just love him, man. He's a good footballer. You know, yeah. like, I like, I like him. I like yeah. him. I like his nickname, the zoo. The zoo. <laughs> Yeah. So Bailey Smith uh, yeah. from the Bulldogs is a bit similar. It's just that one of those young blokes, a big mullet, just likes basically hurting blokes out there. I love it. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know, um, like we're just about to speak about Matt Real. I'm not too sure if Cam Zerha is still eligible for NAB Rising Star, but, you know, I think he's someone that should be in the conversation, I reckon. He's pretty important to the Kangaroos. But, yeah, let's talk Matt Real. He looks good, doesn't he? Like, I mean, at yeah. the moment, 
uh, Gold Coast are doing a number on the Crows in the first quarter. But um, I think he's getting his flowers from everyone as well. Like, he's been on Triple M Hot Breakfast in Melbourne already with Eddie Maguire in round one, and rightly so. Um, he smacked the Eagles last week. Um, he hits the scoreboard as well. So I reckon that's really important, especially for the Suns. I mean, like, you got young ones like Ben King um, up forward that are going to kick a goal. But you need your midfielders to hit the scoreboard if you're going to progress up the ladder, if you're the Gold Coast Suns, I reckon. He's just a beast as well. You know, I had a look at the highlights of him um, against West Coast last week because I didn't catch the game. And he was standing next to Luke Shuey in the midfield. And he's the same size as him. Yeah, this kid's 18 years old, and Luke Shuey's been playing for 10 years, and he's already the same size as Luke Shuey, and he's just a, he's just a pig of a man. I, I absolutely love the way he goes about it. I'm going to put this to you, boys. Could this kid already be the second best player to ever play for Gold Coast Suns behind Gary Ablett Jr.? Oh, it's not hard, so probably. I was going to say it's just not <laughs> yeah. a lot to compare to. I actually uh, thought I actually thought about it then, and I couldn't think of any Gold Coast players. That's probably bad, seeing as they're smacking the crows at the minute, but. Yeah, I'd, pro- I'd probably agree. And no, Jared Harbour, I think, has been pretty good for him since yeah. going up. He'd probably be the first person that comes to mind. But yeah. no, Noah, Anderson, Noah Anderson's going to be a good player as well. Yeah. yeah. But that's um, the key, but, isn't it? They've got to keep those two. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, you know, yeah, he was good. Like, what did he have? He had 26 touches. So it was 11 kicks, 15, uh, 15 handballs and kicked a couple goals. So he had a, it was like 171 super coach points. But he's only played one game. Like, don't, don't yeah. compare him to the next Joel Seward or... Oh, he could could possibly win not. a Brownlow next year. Like he's had one good game, probably going to have another good game because he's playing the Crows. So no there's just not a lot to compare him with up there. That's the only thing. You know, there's yeah, yeah, there's Ablett and and there's a big uh, it drops away a fair bit after that. So yeah, and I, I, I don't know what you think, but yeah, I think it's probably harder in a poor side to be good. If that makes sense, like he's got to work. Like yeah, so, what just, Gary Ablett did at the Suns was pretty good rather than doing it at Geelong, if that sort of makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, what about uh, any early Brownlow roughies? I know we're going early here, but um, I've obviously, on my opinion, I'm a bit biased because um, I had him in my ultimate footballer, but Scott Penderbury, $51. He got best on for the Pies in round one and two. Obviously, round one was a fair way back. Um, and then round three as well, he had another good game. He's averaging 27 touches in the Pies at They've won two, um, and they've drawn drawn one. So, fifty one dollars is a bit of value there for mine. Imagine if um, you had a thirty four year old Scott Penderbury winning the Brownlow. That'd be pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Can't play the game, Scott Penderbury. Um, as far as roughies go, it's, it's sort of hard to sort of pick one out at the moment. But I, I really, really like Christian Petrarca's game last week. Um, Tor Carlton, a new one early and he's got all the tools to make it as an absolute superstar in the competition. He's just got to do it more consistently and um, against the top teams in the competition as well. But, they're going um, to have to win more than three games for him to win a bloody Brownlow though. Well, they're going to get on the field as well, which they won't this week, which is going yeah, to help well, him. But um, he's, he's 41 at the moment. And um, if he has another couple of good games, it'll drop quite sharply, I think. Yeah. I, can I just correct myself? Scott Penderbury's 32, so I've just retired him early. So yeah. Um, yeah. Still good odds. I don't know. I thought, bucks. yeah, I thought um, this segment was Brownlow roughies. So, um, fifty-one I'm not dollars going, isn't a roughie. Fifty-one dollars, like everyone's up around that mark, unless you're like Patrick Cripps or someone like that. We're talking rough here, so I'm talking super rough. I'm talking a hundred to one. Like, put your money where your mouth is, and I'm going. This year is going to be the year of the ruckman, and Todd Goldstein at a hundred to one is my smoky for the Brownlow this year. He's already been in their best players for all their games. He plays almost 100% of game time now that they're short in quarters. So rucks um, obviously get will get noticed more rather than having to sit a bit. He kicks goals. Um, and I think North Melbourne will probably win more than they lose this year. So that'll obviously help. And there's bugger all they're going to take votes from him. Maybe Higgins. Yeah, so um, I, I agree with your logic, but... If Grundy and Gorn aren't polling in previous years, I don't see the umpires changing their tune for Goldie. That's just me. But they've also, I suppose, Gorn, they never won a game, so that was a bit hard. And well, Grundy's they did in 2018, got, but... Yeah, and Grundy, like, he's got too many people um, taking votes away from him. So I think there's a lot more talk around the ruck this year too. And, you know, they say they don't listen to media, but bloody oath, they would. The 100% game time helps him as well. 
fact that he's not coming off the field. He's out there all the time. He's under the umpire's noses. That's going to help him. Yeah, I think so. And there's just, I don't know, I just don't think there's many people that are going to take votes for him. And he's just been, I think he's been good early. And he's a big, ugly man, so he's pretty hard to miss. And he, <laughs> um, he averages half a goal a game as well across his career. So he actually does hit the scoreboard every now and then as well, Goldie, which um, probably could benefit him as well. You know, if he's getting, you know, 30 hit outs and then he kicks two goals or something, then that's going to be noticed, especially in the yeah. sporting quarters. And the other one I thought a lot, other one I thought wouldn't be too bad is Scott Selwood. Uh, Scott Selwood. Um, Scott Joel Selwood. S- <laughs> I saw him last <laughs> night as a runner. Uh, he would be super rough. Uh, Joel, <laughs> I wouldn't get on Joel, Joel Selwood, let alone Scott Selwood. Yeah, Joel, Joel Selwood at $67, I think is probably not a bad bet. Yeah. I think Ablett's, well, coming towards the end, Dangerfield doesn't get too many. There's probably, probably too many vote getters, but he started off in a blaze of goring. Yeah, no, I can't see it happening. But that's why they're yeah, rough. Been- he has, been better, the money on he has been better than last year. He has been better than last year, Joel. That's true. But that's because yeah. they were playing him on the wing last year, though. It's a bit weird. Yeah. And I think yeah. he's injury-free now as well. I think last year he was carrying a fair bit of injury too. So, Yeah. So what about this for um, sorry, early Brownlow Ruffy? If we take $5 out of our own Skyrocket mm-hmm. and back our selection. So mine yes. was Goldstein. And then what do you guys have? Pendles I had. Yeah. Uh, no, Petraka. Petraka. Jeepers, you'd be regretting that now. You should have put it on McGluggage, mate. And then <laughs> what we'll do is we'll um, 50% will go to us and we'll donate 50% of, to the charity of our choice if it comes in. Yep, I like it. Like it? Like it? We're does a, Cal- we're a podcast. Does Carlton, um, actually, not Carlton. Do the Adelaide Crows come under the charity? Uh, they do at the minute. Yeah. Come on they now. do at the minute. All right. Talking about uh, grand finals now. Now, there's been a lot of talk about the AFL Grand Final. There is every year. It's always a certain time of year. Are we going to have a night Grand Final? Now, the beta triplets are going to settle this once and for all. Day Grand Final, Twilight Grand Final, or night Grand Final? And why? Twilight. Twilight. I think this is the perfect opportunity to actually do it where you're not going to get the backlash from the public. And there's nothing wrong with trying something new, particularly this year. Give it a go. See what it's like doesn't work. The AFL come out, they put up their hand and say, look, this didn't work. At least we had a crack at it. And it returns to a day grand final next year. At least give it the opportunity to, to succeed. And if it does, it could potentially make AFL grand final day, which is one of my favourite days on the, uh, on the footy calendar or, or calendar overall. Um, make it even better. So I, I'm, I'm all for Twilight. And the other thing with Twilight, I think it is in October or November, it's going to be a hell of a lot warmer, boys. So... It potentially takes that heat out of, out of the equation as well. Um, yeah, so I, I'm I'm a fan of uh, of changing it up for this year at least. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think Twilight myself um, for the entertainment factor. I think it's probably one thing. It's a bit easier to sort of make the game a bit of a spectacle for Twilight. But I like the fact that you can have a have a lunch, um, a few beers into a Twilight Grand Final, and then crack on later on once it's all done and dusted somewhere afterwards. Um, the only issue might be a few too many before the game and might not, might actually miss it, but <laughs> that that's the only negative for me. Yeah, so see, I'm more night grand final. Uh, obviously, what I said last week with the All-Star Weekend type model, I think that's probably a big reason why, but I'm, I agree with you guys in the fact that I'd like to see something different, but... I don't see like, – so if they change it this year, whether it's Twilight or Night Grand Final, if it's really successful, why would you go back to the Day Grand Final? Like, just keep it. Like, something different. Um, Friday night footy, Thursday night footy, Saturday night footy during the season. And most of the finals are night, night finals as well. So give it a crack. It's good for families. And like Kempi said before, people that want to have a crack on the Terps as well. So yep. Yeah. No, I like it, Mitchie. Now, moving into our Build Your Ultimate Footballer segment, a bit of feedback from our socials to start with. So we had Tom Orange on Instagram, reckon Stewie Jew for the left leg. Uh, Lockie yeah, not Thomas, bad. Lockie Thomas on Instagram wanted Trent McKenzie, the Gold Coast Suns version, though, the cannon. Um, oh, he's way off the mark. Doesn't like the port version. He can kick a ball, though. I'll tell you that for free. And then can, but you've got to be able to get a game to kick a ball. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> And then there were several suggesting Buddy Franklin, so there's no surprises there. He was in our mix as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so this year we're moving into the – sorry, this week, not this year. Uh, we're moving on to the right leg. So a few suggestions we had in the lead-up. We had Craig Fidge on Facebook wants Sam Mitchell. 
Sam yeah. Mitchell, uh, and Peter Zarantanello, also on Facebook, won a Jared microphone head grant, a Triple M footy favourite. <laughs> so, I don't know about his ability, but yeah, he's definitely a cult figure. Once again, you've got to get a game to be able to use that right leg. What is Jared Grant doing these days? I think he's in real estate, to be honest. He's retired. <laughs> he's just no, no footy anymore. <laughs> he has retired. but He's just to... rock, rolling into studios with his yeah. head. Triple yeah, M microphone. They, oh, they used to call him Spindle Shanks as well. It was classic. Yeah. I used to love Spud and um, Gary Lyon and JB and them getting into him classic. Yeah. yeah, so uh, we'll start our Ultimate Footballer segment now. So if you want to go first, boys. So you obviously you guys remember I chose Daniel Rich for my left foot last week. So I've got the big booming Nuffy. kick already. Nuffy, Nuffy. <laughs> Come on now. But for my right, I've gone for someone with a little bit more nuance, a bit more flair, and can on occasion produce the impossible. So I've gone for Edward Betts. Oh, Eddie Betts. Eddie Betts. Don't mind that. Don't he's mind elite that. By, by foot, and particularly under pressure with the variety he can bring. And you know, we've all seen the goals from the boundary. He's actually a great, great field kicker too. He's one of those blokes who you know, puts it where it needs, where the player needs to run to. Um, so, How yeah. good was his left foot last night? Yeah. He, Crow's got a goal, Mitch is telling us. So, well done. One goal against Gold Coast. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Betts, I like um, that. Uh, Eduardo. I'm saving Eduardo up for another category, but I like that. So, I did contemplate Eddie and someone else I contemplated who I think is an excellent field kick, like one of the best going around at the minute. Um, and it's not really his go. Um, and he's also a really good kick at goals. And that's a big Texan, Tex Walker. Oh, no. Uh, I th- um, the only issue I, is, Kemp, he's got to get a kick to be able to use that skill. And, he, oh. and, he's, and he's... I love uh, Tex. But. And um, he also plays for the Crows. So I just couldn't bring myself to put someone from the Crows in an, a category called ultimate footballer. Um, <laughs> so I've um, gone for one of the greatest goal kickers of all time, Fevolution, Brendan Favola. Got to get some Carlton, Carlton stuff in there. He's uh, kicked 623 goals out of his 204 games. He kicks just over three goals a game as an average, um, and he averages 52 goals a season. So that's not too bad. Um, I had Luke Hodge last week kick at midfield um, or out of defence, and I've got the great man... Um, finishing it off up front, either from the boundary, 60, 70, doesn't matter. I'm happy with the Fev as my um, ultimate yeah. right footer. He had that weird kicking style too, where he sort of held the ball over the top with one hand and almost yeah. underneath with the other one. It was, it was odd to watch, yeah. but it worked, that's for sure. Yeah. And I suppose someone else I thought of that's got a bit of a weird kicking style is Jack Gunston. Like he was a uh, early on just dead on dick, didn't miss, but mm. yeah, anyway. With Fev, I'll never forget that uh, that game against the Crows where he kicked one from the boundary. Funny you say that. Funny you say that because I was there at that game with my old man. I would have been maybe five or six. And I remember crying after he kicked that goal. <laughs> right in that front was, of me. Yeah, no, honestly, <laughs> I was about oh, – I was pretty young. And he kicked that from – it was Amy Stadium at the time, not Footy Park. But he kicked it. Just the way it swung through, yeah, broke my heart. He kicked it from about row G. Yeah, right next to me. <laughs> right in front of me. Right in front of me. <laughs> no. Yeah, so there's a heap of options out there for the right leg. This one made me think a little bit more about my overall player. Obviously, I chose Scott Penderbury. He's not a massive goal kicker. So uh, I wanted to sort of more head towards that goal kicking sort of thing um, this week. So I did actually think about uh, Tex Walker because he is an elite uh, field kick. So one that comes to mind with Tex was uh, the elimination final, I reckon, against the Bulldogs back in 2015, the year before they won the flag. He was just pulling him out of everywhere at the G. I was at that game. It was really good. But in the end, I decided to go with Plugger, the big Tony Lockett, although he's not that big anymore. Um, <laughs> looks like a rake, to be honest. But 1,360 goals at a goal-kicking accuracy of 70%. So it's pretty hard, good. hard not to pick him with that record. Did um, you see the stat one day kick 16 goals straight in a game? Yeah. That's unbelievable. That's that's pretty good, and that's on suburban ovals too. Back in the day, you know, like a, a Windy Hill or a Moorabbin or, or somewhere like that, where we've been essentially pissing down with rain, wind mm. blowing, blowing a gale, yeah. and Sandy Roberts. There's a pig on the field. <laughs> 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 a bit rough on the poor old plugger, but it was it was good value, good TV. 
Now we're just going to get a quick word from one of our sponsors. Hey, Kempi, can you spell conveyancing? Nick, you know I can barely speak properly on the podcast, let alone spell conveyancing. Nick, why such a strange question? Well, Mitch, I recently bought a property and I was told by the real estate agent I needed to find a conveyancer. Oh, property man. Jeez, I wouldn't know where to start. Uh, look, don't stress, Mitch. The team at Connolly Wilson Conveyancing had my back. They sorted me out with everything I needed to do, and that was so nice. That's awesome, Nick. Is that all they do? Not at all, mate. Connolly Wilson Conveyancing are trusted registered conveyances, assisting South Australians to buy, sell, and subdivide real property legally, simply, and swiftly. Jeepers, they sound like the team for me. How do I find them, Nico? That's the easy bit, mate. You can find them online at connollywilson.com.au or alternatively, you can visit one of their offices located in Murray Bridge and Strathalbyn if you prefer that face-to-face interaction. Well, right in my backyard. So I can either go to Murray Bridge or Strathalbyn or to connollywilson.com.au. That is so perfect and absolutely convenient for me. Nick, I've got it. C-O-N-V-E-Y-A-N-C-I-N-G. Conveyancing. Get around me, lads. But more importantly, get around Connolly Wilson Conveyancing. They definitely know how to spell that. Not really bull sports per se, but during the period where sport was essentially shut down due to COVID-19, a lot of sporting codes sort of went for the virtual or online mode of things. I applaud, I applaud them for getting creative, but I didn't really get into it. Nah. Oh, it's just a waste of time. Get it off my TV. Couldn't care less, to be honest. Like, who cares if footballers are playing bloody a computer game? I don't want to watch that. If you want to play it, play it yourself. Don't stick it on my TV. Like, And I get there was a need that you've got to have some form of content there, but I just, I think probably for me, the only one where it could probably work was the car racing one because that's boring as batshit anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. You're a it's gamer, not, Nick. It's still not sport, yeah. though, is it? Is it sport? They call it e-sport. But, yeah, um, it's not sport. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't mind. I mean, it's one of those things, if you don't like it, don't watch it, Kempy. But <laughs> honestly, it's, it's not doing any harm. <laughs> and it was just something, like you said, they needed some content. One thing I sort of liked was to give our – our own uh, mob, a bit of a plug here, is the, the sample virtual league stuff they did, but just the videos and things like that. Just a simulation's um, fine, just, but I don't want to see, I don't care about Call of Duty. I don't care about any of that <laughs> stuff. I don't care what your reaction, I love Mitch Robinson. I actually love Mitch Robinson. He's really good. He's creative, but yeah, well, I preferred when he was playing AFL Live, that sort of stuff that's actually relevant. I don't, I don't want your two scope, bang, bang, bang. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> a lot of young kids do, though, Mitchie. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, they're right into their college yeah. duties, fortnights and things like that. So that's... My dad never let you used to play shooting games. <laughs> that's how I've turned out like that for a reason. Mr. Noy, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, I, I just, yeah. Fair, that's a good point. If you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. So, right. guess what? I didn't want to. What about uh, cricket? So, sponsors on uniforms. Now, Test Cricket in the last sort of season or so, they've brought in the the numbers on the back of, uh, back of um, T-shirts that they've been wearing. So, I actually really like that. Um, what are your thoughts on potentially incorporating some more sponsors on the shirt in Test Cricket specifically? Well, go for your life on the shorter forms. One day is T20s. Okay. I mean, that's all about money anyway. Don't don't touch the test uniform. I, I I'm the opposite. I hate the numbers on and the names on the yeah, back of the test uniform. Yeah, I agree. Uniforms. I hate it. I like it. It's been in Sheffield Shield for ages. Yeah, you actually know yeah, who that, they are. But that's the thing. You should, if you're a true test fan, you should know who they are. And it's not that hard to find out who they are. I don't know who the first change bowler is for Zimbabwe. All right. So if he's rolling in, oh, dude, it's Paul Brain. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Paul, so blast from the past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and that's he's like great. no. All right, let's look at this then. Afghanistan test this summer. Mm. Do you yep. know anybody besides Rashid Khan? I will when they come over. I'll do my research. Yeah, because they've yeah. got numbers and names on their back. No, I'll go into it a little bit and find out exactly who's who. Have a look. See, 
see, from from my point of view, I'd be happy with like obviously they've got I know Cricket Australia. They have the Linter Energy. You think back to Warney when he took his seven hundredth. I reckon he had the the three mobile on his yep. on his um and that's peck fine. as well. But, but like, nothing that, more than that. So I don't. I wouldn't mind. So you know um, the NBA, how they've got the jersey patches. So they've got the little jersey patches now. Like you look at Orlando Magic, they've got uh, Disney there. So like you could actually make it a little feature without taking it away. Like what would be wrong with given the current financial crisis, I guess, across all sport? Why couldn't you put another little logo above the above the name, just in a little patch, make it as part of the uniform as an aesthetic feature? I don't mind it because I agree. You don't want to have a big whatever across the front of the torso but if you can make it work in you know, i don't mind it i can yeah, handle, I, handle a small logo at, on the back of the neck if they take away the names and the numbers yeah i just think leave your cricket whites whites like like yeah. you said if you don't or creams uh, yeah like creams. you know just have a couple of sponsors i get why they're doing it for money but mm. you know you know enough afghan cricketers there's like majib and hamid and um all oh, these mate. guys that have like these are guys that have come over for the big bash so you know, you've got to know them. They're the least known, you know, um, test-playing country. But I think, but, yeah, do what you want with one-day cricket. But if you're going to do it, like, make it 1 to 11. Like, have a little bit of sense to it. So, you know, like an Adelaide Oval, number one is your opening bat. So Warner's one and um, whoever's Josh Hazelwood's number 11. Don't have 69 and hundred. <laughs> Who's got 69? Is that Craig Kemp for the Bifo Tigers? 69 <laughs> on his back. <laughs> uh, heaps of people have got 69. Joe Root's got 66 because I root 66. <laughs> oh, give me a spell, mate. I thought, I thought you were going down a different path with Joe Root then. But, <laughs> yeah. but you know, like, otherwise you just get people putting. Uh, why not put 1,782 on there? Like, so good like, number. Good I'm number. Going dis- I'm going to disagree with you guys again, but I actually like, the different numbers because once again it gives uh, the apparel companies something to sell like you have Steve Smith number 49 if you have Steve Smith the most generic last name of all time Smith if you have Smith number 6 how many Smith number 6 are you going to have yeah the, the one thing I'll say though is well, you don't know who Steve Smith is well, not if there's <laughs> another Steve Smith wearing a cricket whites well, he's going to have blonde hair and have like 400 no, different mannerisms I'm, and stuff I'm talking about buying their apparel another income stream so if you have Smith number six and it's a cricket white, how many Smith number sixes do you have? If you have Smith forty nine, then it's unique. Yeah, but it do, it doesn't look good on the on the whites, and they haven't nailed that yet. And that's I that's disagree. my big issue for it. I, I think it just looks horrible. They haven't got yeah. the fonts right. It just it looks the really really cheesy. The Australian ones look good. I didn't like the, the English uh, the ones were English horrible. Ones, English ones were bad, but the Australian ones I liked it. The big bold numbers, the thicker numbers. It's, it still just it doesn't look right to me. Uh, call me traditionalist call me old-fashioned yeah i think we'll agree to disagree here uh no numbers no sponsors like just you know leave leave things how they are it's one thing i don't want to change oh that could be your opinion now after moving it's the right opinion (laughs) (laughs) now after hearing mark taylor's commentary of siddle's birthday hat trick in episode one i've been inspired i thought it'd be a good idea if we each brought some of our own Favourite moments in commentary uh, to the table this week. So I'll go first with this one, if I don't say so myself. So it was a no-brainer for me. It had to be Triple M footy. Uh, as you guys will come to know, I love the Triple M. I love Triple M, sorry, not the Triple M. So it was either going to be James Brayshaw or Brian Taylor for me. So I ended up going with BT's call. Uh, but there was a bit of element of JB into it as well. So you have David Zaharakis ramming one home through the big sticks in the dying seconds of the 2009 Anzac Day clash between Collingwood and Essendon. And here it is. It's a one-point ball game. They were gone. It's absolutely pissing down here with the team. <laughs> We've had a draw. Collingwood by a point. Kick back into play. Winderlich's got it. Handball over the top here. Here it comes. Love it. Oh. He's found the target. Zaharakis. An opportunity for Zaharakis. Zaharakis has kicked the Zaharakis has kicked the goal. Essendon hit the front. Jesus. They all just go bananas. James Brasher in the background screaming, bloody hell, Jesus. Jesus. Just adds, just adds to BT's call as well. So that's mine. Unreal. Yeah, I love that Jesus at the end from uh, from JB. Um, on a similar vein, I, I love the Triple M boys as well. And to me, nothing beats the uh, BT 
um, going off the uh, Collingwood v Richmond match from oh, what was it about eight nine years ago. Um, Jake King was obviously the push up king was involved and and the call from uh, BT was uh, do a do a push up with him on top of you, Jakey. And obviously that BT and JB have the shackles off a little bit more with Triple M rather than Channel Seven, so it feels a little bit more authentic. And um, have a listen to this one, boys. Didac plays on. They try and get him in a uh, a shepherd arrangement back to back. Oh, the Collingwood boys tackling. Look at the Collingwood boys. They're into him. It's a group drawing, and Jake is being pounded into. Well, Everyone on the ground's in the fight here. And the ball footy's still going, Brian. They've called and, play on. It's and, bouncing around in the middle of an all There's 15 fights going on. Yeah, they do a push-up with him on top of you. That's a, that's a ripper. And the, what was it? There's, there's 15 fights going on all over the ground. <laughs> they just bounce off each other too well, B- BT and JB. Yeah, yeah they do. and I think that probably adds to like the, any of the Triple M ones. Like you can pick heaps of those because um, they're all basically the same. They just pick one moment and they all just chime in and go as nuts as possible pretty well. Yep. So um, I probably went a little bit more um, off-Broadway with mine. I don't know whether we'll be able to get... Um, a clip of this, so I'll just probably talk about it. Um, it was, I was watching a state game of cricket and Michael Beer was about to come on um, to bowl and Brad McNamara was a comment, commentator. Um, and he goes, and Michael Beer's coming on to bowl and uh, it looks like Michael Beer has decided to party his hair in a circle this year. <laughs> Which I thought was like basically just ripped into the bloke for being bald. Got no, he can't do anything about it. But just like uh, if we can find it, here it is. But if we can't, then you know it doesn't matter. It's just one of the one of the all time ones. And I also I, I did a bit of googling because nothing really sticks out. But I just love karaoke's laugh. Like <laughs> I, I listened to there was a bit on YouTube. Um, it was like a it was like a minute of just all the different different. Um, Kerry O'Keefe laughs, and I was just laughing along with it. I thought that was funny. There's funny. nothing quite like that. Um, the ABC radio cricket commentary is a you know, yeah. Kerry O'Keefe, but yeah. Jim Maxwell, all those guys. It's just um, just the sounds of uh, of summer, really. Those guys doing the cricket, and because they just tell stories. It's just one story after another with a little bit of play by play in between. That's why I love it. Yeah, sure. So we're going to move into Lock It In, Mitch, now. Firstly, Campy, last time you had your boy Cripper to get 30-plus, and unfortunately he only managed the 21 in round two. Missed three set shots directly in front of goal, but he did redeem himself Did redeem himself uh, yesterday against Geelong, and he had another good game. Too little, too late, Mitchie. Too little, too late. And to be honest, the social media platforms were with you, Campy. There was about 70%. I think we had over 100 votes. So 70% were with Craig Kemp. And only the 30 with Dillo, but uh, he got the jockeys in the end with Geelong having an easy win over the Hawks. Yeah, good on those 30%. They were, they were uh, true believers. So yeah, well, I, I don't think anyone's really got to 30 yet, I don't reckon, um, since COVID's come back on the shorter quarters. Uh, Neil, Neil did last night. Brownlow, Ruffy, uh, Scott Pendlebury had in... Okay, there you go. So I'm wrong. But I just want to remind you, though, that... I did have a Quinella, so if you wanted to do two standalone legs rather than box them up, I did have the Crows to go 0-2, and currently it's 6-7, the Suns, to Adelaide 1-2, so you can lock that in for the second I'm, part being on. I'm loving the running commentary and the scores on this one. It's fantastic. <laughs> but oh, yeah? I'll, <laughs> um, so <laughs> you, this week, Mitch, you've asked for something a little bit more drastic um, for our lock it in, Mitch. So this week for mine, I'm going with West Coast Eagles to miss the eight. Lock it in, Mitch. Wow, hey, West Coast to miss Good the call. eight. They're currently only got one win. I think they'll be one and five after their hub period. Um, they've got Port next week, who I think are flying at the minute. Um, saying that, the Fremantle probably come out and beat them tonight. Um, but they've got Port and Richmond, two really tough games. I don't think they'll win either of those. Um, McGovern's out injured. All the talk coming out of their camp is wah, wah, wah. Don't want to be up in the Gold Coast where, you know, a lot of the other clubs have just dealt with it. So if you go one and five, then they've got to go into um, isolation. It's just not super good preparation. Um, they're going to have some teams that are going to go over there and settle in a hub. So I think 
West Coast won't make the eight this year. That's my lock it in. Yeah, thanks, Kempi. Just can I add something to that as well? Just Tim Kelly. What are you guys' thoughts on how he started with the West Coast Eagles? He was last terrible night, last night. Terrible. He had 17 disposals at 29% efficiency. Now, I don't want to be like the rest of the footy media and jump on blokes when they have one or two bad games, but I don't know if he's, but you are. he's got complacent. Yeah, he's back at West Coast. For the year, he's averaging 20 touches, but he's only going at 50%. So he was a lot better player than that last year. That's just what I think. And I thought being in a better, technically better midfield at West Coast, he might go on with it, but. Hard to maybe hard to fit into a new midfield, get used to the structures. Given they haven't had the chance to train a lot together as well, and I don't know. But last night he was he was pretty poor. I'll give him maybe, a couple of weeks. I'll maybe I'll watch this face. Yeah, absolutely. So my luck didn't. I know you wanted a little bit more exotic, Mitchie, but um, I, I I just can't go past uh, Richmond. I've, uh, they've had two pretty piss poor performances so far. Um, can't see another way to put it, but I can't see another one happening under Damien Hardwick. Um, I guarantee they're going to win next week. They will absolutely smack the Saints. 40-plus points. Lock 40 plus. Oh. Yep. So Lynch and Rewalt have barely done anything I don't think, so far. I don't think Richmond are that good. They've got Dusty to come back next week. That, they perennially start the year poorly, and they always come home strong. Uh, but that, I don't think they've played this badly two weeks in a row under Damien Hardwick. It won't happen the third week. There's absolutely no way. Don't remember the year 2016? Yeah, 2016 was a bit different, mate. They were a different mob now. Yeah, 2017 was good, too, though. I know that all too well. <laughs> right, so we've got Richmond to bounce back, win by 40-plus, and Kempe has the Eagles to miss the eight. Yeah, watch the West Coast Eagles fans jump on that. <laughs> <laughs> Because mm. I'm sure there's plenty that listen to us. <laughs> Come at me. Come at me. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to move into another segment. It's actually named after me. It's called Minute with Mitch. Welcome to our special guest, Tommy Javor from Racing, Pacing and Chasing. Welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you today? Oh, fantastic, mate. All the better for being here. Thanks for inviting me on the bearded triplets. This is our new segment, Minute with Mitch. So basically, I'm going to go through a series of rapid-fire questions I'd like you to answer with sort of a one-word. Sorry, Mitch, is this the first time you're doing this segment? It is the first time I'm doing this segment. I got Because last week you did a lot of first-time segments. Yeah, I know. I got a barreling from uh, Kempy last week, but let's just hope this week's a little bit uh, smoother when we record and I don't keep introducing new segments when it's the first show. But I'm going to basically count down and I'm going to list about 20, 25 questions and then just do your best to... To answer them yep. with one word if you can. All right. So your time starts now. Beard or goatee? Goatee. Stubby or can? Can. Day at the beach or day on the river? River. Chicken or beef schnitzel? Beef. Rat's tail or ponytail? Oh, pony. Burger or steak? Steak. Sydney or Melbourne? Sydney. Muller or peroxide blonde? <laughs> uh, peroxide blonde. What are your cricket? Footy. Centrals or Glenelg? Centrals. <laughs> Nord or Port? <laughs> Nord or Port? Port. Jack's Walker or Kane Corns? <laughs> Plain to the sun for both of them. <laughs> potato, potato. <laughs> you got to pick one. I don't know. What are you. To have a beer with? Tex Walker. Be- prison bars or tarps? Prison bars. Boxing Day Test or Melbourne Cup? Boxing Day Test. Winks or Black Caviar? Winksy, baby. Biggest win on the punt? Um, $4,082. Impressive. Yes or no, Greyhound Racing should use monkeys as jockeys to make it more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. Did you cry a lot or just a little bit during the 2007 AFL Grand Final? <laughs> no, I was pretty drunk by quarter time. <laughs> Those of us that know you know you're a man of many talents. Is it true you had a pretty successful wrestling career? Still have a pretty successful wrestling career. Having worked for nine wrestling companies, you can see me at Australian Wrestling Revolution. What was your wrestling name? Tommy J. <laughs> have you been used as a deck chair before during a wrestling bout? <laughs> it was a, more of a patio chair, but yes, I was a chair one. <laughs> Is it true you're the Michael Jordan of Gaelic football? As uh, they say, Gary Ablett, but yeah, it's, yeah accurate. Gary Ablett. Yeah. Racing, pacing or chasing? Oh, definitely racing. Craig Kemp or Nick Dillon? Craig Kemp. It's and not <laughs> Just a final one. If you had to nominate a guest to appear on the Minute with Mitch, the only proviso being that you'd have to help us get him on, who would you choose? 
Uh, probably one of the greatest sample footballers of all time, Gary McIntosh, I reckon. Fantastic. It'd be awesome to have him on. That concludes this edition of Minute with Mitch. Thanks for joining us, Tommy. Be sure to check out Racing, Pacing and Chasing on Facebook for your weekly racing tips, news and all the form. Oh, look, yeah, just go on to Facebook, type in Racing, Pacing and Chasing. If you'd like and follow the page, every Friday night the show gets released. Of the last 11 weeks, Mitch, I think you're across it. The Tommy's Impact tip has either won or broken even 10 times. 10 times out of 11. It's free money, people. Do yourself a favour. And thanks for having me on, The Bearded Triplets. Thanks, Legend. Thanks for joining me. And I love your voiceover guy as well. He's fantastic. All right, that was our Minute with Mitch segment. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Something that we're going to try to build upon each week. We'll hopefully have some... Amazing guests coming up, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Now we're going to move into episode two's edition of Nick's List. Over to you, Dilo. Thanks, Mitchie. Uh, yeah, well, as people who know me well know I love a good list, whether it's rating, uh, you know, it could be anything, top five sports, top 20 this, top 20 that, I'll, I'll rate it. So, um each episode, I'm going to come up with my own top five on a variety of different topics. And with pubs reopening, Kempi thought it might be a good idea to discuss the uh, top five, my top five pub meals. So nothing better than sinking a frothy while devouring one of these delicacies, Mitchie. Just quickly going to jump in here. Matt Rao has 14 and kicked a goal at halftime. So we were on the money with the early Brownlow Ruffies before. <laughs> <We were. laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay, mate. Now, bear in mind, I'm a pretty simple man. So if I'm going to a fancy restaurant, I'm looking for whatever's closest to schnitzel. So my tastes here are going to reflect that. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, before we get into that, we, we better what? come up with – we've got some suggestions here from our, our listeners. So on Facebook, Shane Pilts is a bit of a fan of jalapeno poppers with uh, habanero and garlic sauce as, a, as an entree. So not, not necessarily a main, but it's a bit of an interesting one. Never uh, those. No, no, all right, but I might uh, have to give those a crack. Another non-main, Joe Noy, Mitchie. Joe Noy, wedges and sweet chilli with sour cream. It's a, it's a great one at the pub. Yeah, that's a staple. That's a staple, to be honest. Uh, from Instagram, Mel Wilson, chicken schnitty with mushroom sauce. It's a classic as well. And John Priest, beef uh, schnitzel with pepper gravy. No salad, extra gravy. Now, there's a man for my heart, John Priest. I like that. No salad. You need gravy. a bit of salad. You need yeah. something just to cleanse the palate. What for? No, it's just junk. Anyway, number five. Number five, I've gone with the beef schnitzel. So when done right, beef schnitties are freaking amazing. The problem is that they're few and far between for me. I'd go as far to say a, a beef schnitties at its best probably beats a chicken schnitzel. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, boys, but um, quite often you get them and they can be a little bit chewy, but when they're good, damn. Yeah, they're agree. Good. And they're bigger. Yeah, they are bigger. So, number four, ribeye steak. Um, I'm only new to the steak game. I used to be a bit of a heathen and only eat mine well done, but uh, had my eyes open since switching to, to medium rare. Yes. The only reason I, well, the only reason I haven't got a higher boys is because you very rarely, in my experience, get it the way you order it. So, if you order medium, you might get it medium rare or medium well. So, um, can be a little bit iffy depending on the chef you've got. And, and sometimes when you go to the pub, you don't want to spend fifty dollars on a decent ribeye. Yeah, that's right. Good point. Number three, uh, pork ribs. If you'd asked me a year ago, I probably would have had this number one. Pork. I've had some uh, shockers lately, but uh, when they're done right, and by right, I mean marinated for a long time, um, not just some sauce whacked on top or in a little bowl next to it, then they can be amazing. Um, you've got to have a bit of water on hand, though, to wash your, your filthy mitts afterwards. That's it. And how often do you go to a place and they've got ribs and they're sold out? So yep. they're obviously a winner. That's it. Yeah, exactly right. But finding the good ones, that's, that's probably the key. Uh, number two, I've gone with a burger. Just a, it could be chicken burger. It could be, could be anything. There's something about burgers and beers that just go together. I don't care if it's chicken, beef, pulled pork, buffalo, platypus, Tasmanian tiger. If I rock up to a pub and they've got a decent burger on the menu, I'm giving it a go. I think it's also... Tasmanian tiger. <laughs> you think you're in kind? Oh, mate, absolutely. I also no think salad. it's the, the no knife and fork factor as well. The fact yeah. you just pick it up, use your hands, and get stuck into it. What about – uh, this is a, just a side story. What about beef brisket burgers? Yeah, I well, one of them next to me and you didn't want it. It wasn't, it wasn't too bad. I had to take a few things off it. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. A slice of lettuce. Yeah, probably. It was a big slice of lettuce. <laughs> and number one, um, if they put me on death row – 
I'll be ordering up a couple of chicken schnitzels as my last meal with a healthy side of potato bake. You just can't be the chicken schnitzel boys. And the beauty of chicken schnitzel is you can mix it up with your toppings. And so it's like a different meal every time. And, and what's your go-to? Uh, for me, Kilpatrick, as long as there's no cheese. Um, yep. Anyone who puts cheese on it, um, go to hell. And um, yeah, and of course you can't go past good parmy as well. So um, that's number one for me with a bullet. Are you guys yeah. ham with your palmy or no ham with your palmy? Uh, I'm yeah. I'm okay with ham so long as it's not a big slice of ham. You know, it has to be you know, cut up bits of ham. Cut it ham. Yep. Yeah, I'm a. If I was going number one, I'd my number one would be surf and turf, yep. medium rare surf and turf See, every yep. day. I'm not a real seafood operator, so I'd probably my number one would probably be a, a ribeye, and then I'd go a chicken schnitzel number two. But like I said before, just sometimes you don't want to spend an arm and a leg when you go to the pub for a for a meal. So, no, nah, very good, Nico. Very good. I'm hungry now. Make sure you uh, shout out on our socials uh, to to tell us what you would have chosen, um, and then get ready for Nick's list in episode three. So, Kempi, we're going to move into last drinks now, my friend. Yeah, we are. This week, uh, we're going to have a beer review um, on a beer that is quite delicious. Um, it is from the Monteith's Brewing Company, um, and it's called simply Black Beer. So it's going to fall under the darker ale stout Ooh. category. Yes, I like uh, the sound of it already. Yeah, and it's perfect for this time of year, let's be honest. Mm. And I'll give you the rating straight off the bat. I'm giving this one four out of five um, black beards. I love it. And in fact, I'm actually having some of it right as we speak. Ooh, delicious. So (laughs) (laughs) um, if if you're not a massive stout person, this is like really good because it's not full on um, um, intense sort of dark flavor. It's still got that little bit of a beer flavor in it but it's got that intensity um, of a stout. Um, so it, it's not nice and light. Like your stouts are generally around your two standard drinks. Um, this one here is 1.4, so it's a little bit easier to, um, to know how many you can have and, and drive and whatnot. But yeah, I don't know, are you guys stout drinkers or dark ale drinkers? I love a good dark. I love the Cooper's Dark. Um, yep. Two years old isn't bad. There's actually a, um, a dark ale done by the Woolshed Brewery up here in the Riverland. Some people, some of our listeners might know it, it's set on the river up here, and they do one called Judas the Dark, and it's an absolute ripper as well. Good, nothing beats a good dark beer in the middle of winter. Yeah, well, if you're uh, listening to this and you work at the Woolshed Brewing Company there, um, <laughs> hit us up. Feel free to send us a six-pack. Well, I would definitely review it. Absolutely. Uh, what about yourself, Mitchie? Do you yeah, like a good dark ale? Yeah, I don't mind... Uh, the Little Creatures Rogers. It's a mid-strength, but it is a dark ale and it tastes delicious. Bit of a craft no, setup, but the okay. Um, yeah, I just thought that was just a midi. Um, yeah, but... they're midi, but they're dark ale, so it's not a stout. So if you pour it out, it comes out like Vegemite, mate. I, I disagree, but anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> um, you look up Rogers Little Creatures; it'll come up. Oh no, I drink ale. it. Yeah, and it's, it's a dark brown. ale. The only thing I'm looking at, Mitchie, is the halftime score of the Crows Suns game. It's now 43 to 8. Okay. Let's just Ouch. remember you guys go for Brisbane and Carlton. You've had so many years of just bottom cellar dwelling crap. So you can start teeing off all you like, but you've done nothing. So I'm not having it. Well, this is what it is. Whether you want to be a Crow supporter and drown your sorrels or you want to celebrate victories like myself and Nick, get yourself a black beard because <laughs> I'm giving it four out of five black beards. Beautifully done, mate. Oh, I love that. I love that. Now, we are just about done, I think, fellas. Is there anything else you want to mention? No, just how good Kempy's beard is looking. He's, um, he's looking absolutely magnificent at the moment. That's getting Thank quite you. a bit of length there, mate. So we'll have to get put some uh, beard posts up on, the, on our socials so everyone can have a look at how lengthy that one is. Definitely. I've turned the lights off a little bit to, so you can't see all the grey, so it looks super dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, a little trick I've learnt. And what about you, Canby? Anything, any final words? 
Um, Patrick Cripps. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, After like last night, fair enough. Like I said at the start of the episode, thanks everyone for getting around us so far. Let's continue that momentum. Uh, remember to rate us on your podcast platform, subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, all the social media stuff. Get around us. And remember, be a legend and grow a beard. You've been listening to The Bearded Triplets. Make sure you find the team on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at The Bearded Triplets. Don't forget to like, subscribe and review the show on any platform you stream for your podcast. Thank you very much for listening on behalf of Mitch, Kempi and Dillo. We'll see you next time.